In the canvas of time, a story unfolds, a tale of grace, of mysteries untold. Jesus, the greatest light in shadows cast, a beacon of love transcending the past. From Bethlehem's manger to Calvary's hill, a journey of purpose, a divine will. And the silence profound, a baby's first cry, echoes the promise, the reason why. He walked among us, a radiant guide, and every step, love and truth collide. The blind saw the light, the broken found grace. In his embrace, the weary found a resting place. Oh, Bethlehem star, a heavenly decree, guiding shepherds and seekers, wise men, and you and me. In this vast expanse of celestial art, a reminder of Jesus, the light of every heart. So as we gathered in this sacred place, let our hearts illuminate with his grace. In the radiance of worship, let us find the greatest light, our Savior so kind. As we sing and pray, our hearts and spirits ignite, for in every moment, Jesus is the greatest light. The nativity story is filled with drama. Joseph and Mary were visited by angels who confirmed the virgin birth. Shepherds and wise men saw the cosmic light that guided their journey to worship the king. Joseph was warned of a hitman named Herod, and so he escaped with his pregnant wife to Egypt. Now, the birth of Jesus took place in Bethlehem, but the climax of the story didn't take place there. The climax of the story took place in heaven. When we read the Christmas story, we turn to the book of Matthew and we read about Joseph and the wise men, or we turn to the book of Luke and we read about Mary and the shepherds. But the Christmas story is based on a decision, a decision that was already established in heaven. Much like uh, the gifts you give or receive on Christmas, uh, they're the result of a previous decision. You don't close your eyes and purchase a gift, and when the gift comes, you close your eyes and wrap the gift and give it away. No. The gift you give or receive is personal. God sending His Son to the earth is personal. Imagine with me for a moment the unfolding story of Christmas. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, that sin severed the relationship between humanity and God. And every year, God raised up priests who were responsible for offering sacrifices in the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people. Uh, despite the greatness of this gift, there remained an important distinction. This gift lacked a personal touch because no priest could take away our sins. In fact, Hebrews 10 verse 11 says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Until one day, uh, the father said, Son, I've prepared for you a body 
because what I'd really like this year is to send you to earth to do something that only you can do. The climax of this Christmas story um, that we often celebrate occurs in heaven when the Father and the Son exchange their farewells. Jesus' mission uh, began with a dramatic departure, a goodbye to his Father. When Jesus said his goodbye in heaven, he knew what awaited him on earth. He knew that the wages of sin has always been death. Like a child looking through a window, Christ gazed through the windows of heaven as the priest offered innocent lambs for sacrifice. The son watched his father receive the sacrifices, but no permanent satisfaction. By the time Jesus came to earth, God had exhausted every type of earthly sacrifice. The blood of bulls or lambs could only cover sin. They couldn't change the sinner. The sacrifices were like a prisoner who needs permanent pardon, but received conditional parole. Where could God find a sinless sacrifice for his people? Where could he find the perfect gift to grant permanent pardon? Hebrews 10 verse 5 tells us, Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. The Son of God became the spotless lamb embodied in the form of a baby boy in Bethlehem. And John 4:24 teaches that God is spirit. Spirit has no blood. You can't cut or bruise it because it doesn't bleed. From heaven, the sun saw the blood flow from the animals. What would it be like to bleed? His father said, son, I prepared you a body. And from the moment Jesus left heaven, he was headed to the cross. Philippians 2 and verse 7 says this of Jesus, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The manger was the beginning of a mission. The Bethlehem baby was born to be our gift. And Revelation 13 verse 8 calls Jesus the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So from the moment Jesus stepped out of heaven, he was fully aware where the road would lead. Jesus' mission wasn't a mystery. Uh, the coming of Mary's little lamb named Jesus was foretold in scriptures. Hebrews 10 and verse 7 tells us that in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Now, in the event that Mary and Joseph forgot God's ultimate plan, the very first gift Jesus received was a reminder from his heavenly Father. One of the wise men brought him myrrh, which is used as an embalming uh, fluid, but when, when not to be insensitive, but a reminder that Jesus was God's gift to us. And we find that when John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, he introduced him not as the promised king or the son of God. John 1, 29, 
The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the same sin that the priest could never remove. John knew before Jesus would wear a crown of glory, he would wear a crown of thorns. And three years after the baptism, Mary watched her son, uh, the, the body of God, uh, the, the body that God had prepared, become the permanent sacrifice of our eternal gift. From the cross, uh, the son looked uh, into heaven uh, and he sees his father's acceptance of the gift, the sacrifice. The penalty for sin was paid in full. The demands satisfied once and for all. Jesus, receiving the approval of his father, cried out with a loud voice, It is finished. Well, at least from God's end of the deal. No longer do we need sacrifices to be repeated over and over. Jesus did all that had to be done to ensure the permanent pardon. The only unfinished part is for us to open our hearts and receive his free gift by faith. A faith gets diluted when it's applied universally. In other words, when Jesus forgives, he doesn't look at a globe. He looks into a set of eyes. He looked in my eyes, and this time he looks in your eyes. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his Son that whosoever. Jesus makes his pardon personal. The world in, in general can't think, feel, talk, or respond. It doesn't recognize sin as an act of defiance. It doesn't see sin as breaking God's heart. The world sees, uh, doesn't see or feel remorse. It can't confess. But you, my friend, me, a person, we can think about what we've done that was wrong. We can feel the pain that we've caused, and we can ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and change our lives. So the baby in the manger become our gift to offer redemption. Christmas is about birth and new life. Uh, the cross is a tasteless reminder of man's sin and our injustice towards Christ. See, most people uh, want Christmas to be a time of tinsel and blinking lights and evergreen trees fired by the fireplace and eggnog and the warm, fuzzy feelings. We all want Christmas to be the one day when everyone pretends that the world is okay. The one day we pretend like we do good deeds every day, when in reality, it's out of convenience or tradition. I hope this year you'll add the cross to your Christmas. Because if it wasn't for the cross, there'd be no reason to celebrate Christmas. There'd be no reason to celebrate any day at all. See, the values that we treasure at Christmas, uh, love and peace and giving and goodwill, were purchased and made possible by Jesus Christ. When you turn on the Christmas lights, remember John 1 and verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. 
on the day Jesus left heaven for earth, he said to the Father, a body you have prepared for me. And Mary gave birth and laid that same body in a manger. And that body grew and did kind deeds and worked miracles and, and never sinned. But the prophet Isaiah prophesied what would eventually happen to that body. In Isaiah 53 and verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. When you embrace the cross in your heart and believe that Jesus died to forgive your sins, your heart is transformed into that manger. The Son of God is born in you. In a spiritual sense, the Christmas miracle happens over and over, not in Bethlehem, but in the hearts of those who believe. When you embrace Christ, you embrace his sacrifice. What you find is Jesus moving and growing and working inside of you. Uh, Angelus Cilicius once said, if Christ were born a thousand times in Bethlehem and not born in my heart, I would be lost forever. Tomorrow, all the gift giving and all the good deeds won't be meaningful without receiving the greatest gift, Jesus. Jesus made that sacrifice. He came to bear our sin and die in our place. So today is an invitation to receive the gift of salvation. Christ came to us because there was nothing we could have done to go to him. So in this Christmas season, as we celebrate with family and friends, and loved ones, remember that Jesus Christ is a gift. Will you accept this gift in this season? Would you be reminded that Jesus stepped out of the comfort of heaven just to ensure we could have eternal life? Lord, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. I pray, God, that you'll help us to realize and remember the reason for the season. We just love you, God, and all you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.